because there's something else going on. And it's not that you're dishonest about it. It's that you're not in touch with it because being in touch with it would also have to make you face the fact that maybe you don't want to go to that job anymore. Maybe you don't want to be in that relationship anymore. And maybe it means you got to leave and maybe you got your life tied up in that job and your family's dependent on you and you're living with that person and you'd have to move and you don't want to move and you're scared because that's really what's behind the anger. And really at the end of the day, you got someone who's saying, I'm fine. And they're really, they're scared, but we had to go through all of that. And it's like, why don't you just tell me you're scared? But they didn't know they were scared. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte, exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. It's another day of podcasting with me and Evan. <laughs> Evan, how you doing, man? <laughs> All right, we're talking. Uh, we're talking honesty. I don't know. We're talking truth. We're talking. Uh, we don't really even know what we we're gonna title this one because I think uh, here. I mean, I don't know what it's gonna be called, but this is kind of what we're working with. We're working with honesty and delusion. I think that helps us kind of have some direction. You kind of know what we're getting into. But here, let me let me present one idea, and I'm gonna toss it over to Evan. <laughs> I'm reading a book right now called Ordinary People. It's an older book. And um, basically, uh, the story goes, it's about a, basically a family um, and a, a father and a mother and her, their son. And they had another son and that son died. I'm not really quite sure how. And the other son who's still alive tried to commit suicide. And now he's recovering and everybody's kind of worked up about him and he's trying to figure it out. And anyway, there's a, there's a chapter in there where the therapist he's talking to is talking to him about emotion and trying to ask him how he's feeling. And the kid goes, you know, well, I'm not feeling anything. And then as it goes on, he's like, well, you're angry. And he's like, yeah, I'm angry, but I can't let it out because if I let it out, like, it's just like, it's opening a closet and everything comes out. And he's like, well, it's like, there's a person in the closet too. And then they come out and the thought that I had about all of this, and this is kind of in the book, I thought it was relevant was that you have to, you have to open up if, if say anger is a, an emotion that you don't want to deal with, you have to open up that closet and you have to look in there and you have to kind of meet the person who's in there or sort through the stuff that's in there. Because if you never do that, you're always just kind of going to keep this thing closed in your life, but it's going to open up on you when you don't want and you're not going to be honest about the feeling, partly because you don't even know it's opened up on you. You don't even know you're angry or sad or whatever the thing is. And and you can be delusional because you're actually angry and everybody can see you're angry, but you're like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And it's like, you're not fine. And that's a bit of delusion, right? So honesty requires a bit of us sometimes going into those places we don't want to go into because we can't even be honest because we're not willing to actually be honest with ourselves. And I don't know if that will contribute to this conversation, but that was a little bit of where I'm coming from starting. So I don't know if you got anything to add there, Evan, what, what are your thoughts? Ooh, I mean, yeah, I mean the, the topic of honesty and delusion is no small thing. And I think that especially in today's day and age, like you could, you could argue that, you know, in the whole space of like psychotherapy, right. Counseling that, that whole thing is it, in so many ways, it's, it's an endeavor for a person to actually get help just being honest with themselves. Right. Which is pretty wild to think about. Like it's, it's pretty wild to think that we have an entire industry that's there to help people just weave through so many delusions and lies that, for the most part, we're telling ourselves, right? That you, you, we can definitely, we're telling other people as well, but lies that in so many regards start with, with us and, and the things that we say to ourselves and just to weed through it so we can actually get to what we honestly think, what we honestly feel. And, and it has so much to tell us, it has so much to inform us 
about and the with more clarity that we have around what those things are i mean i think that our lives in so many ways become become so much easier to a certain extent like it's not not easy but like easier because it's so hard to it's so hard to do anything with your life when you're just living under all of these lies and mm-hmm. and all of this this dishonesty and so yeah i mean i think that honesty and and just as far as what i i'm sort of coming in with as part of our like pre-chat that we had with with all of this you know i i'm interested in this potentially discussing some things around uh principles and honesty and there's also the relationship that an artist because we are the the way of the artist and i feel like i would be we would be we we would be missing a big component of this if we didn't talk about that on some level but you know the the job of the artist is so much about being honest and which doesn't necessarily mean that everything that they're saying is true, like by some objective mat, like by some objective standard, but is honest. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, I mean, there's maybe a discussion to be, to, to happen there, the difference between honesty and truth. And, and was there anything else? I feel like there was something else in there, but maybe it'll, Maybe it will come back around, but, um, yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and also like on, on a spiritual sense, however that, whatever that is to, to the listeners out there, um, something that I mentioned to you as well was from a book that I read by Ram Dass called, uh, grist for the mill. And so that every spiritual path, you must, you must begin it with absolute honesty I'm, I don't know if those are exactly the words, but that it was that it was that that was the message that there's no that that inner growth can't happen without without just really naked honesty with yourself. And that makes that that shouldn't come as any surprise. It seems like a pretty obvious thing to say. It's like, how how can you possibly have how can you possibly grow in any positive direction without having that honesty and i guess in relationship to what you were saying and and this this book that you're reading that you know this this character in the story was so afraid of opening that that closet and i think that you know i can relate to that uh you know there are things that that we feel things that we think that we are so afraid of what happens if I let that thing out of the closet, you know, what's going to happen if that thing comes out, you know, like I think that we're so concerned of it being this horribly destructive force that's going to just ruin everything. And I think that for most of us, that's, usually not the case in in my own experiences when there's something that I've been keeping um, from someone that I haven't been saying typically when it does when I when I do come to a place where I have the openness and the courage to say it it's almost I I don't think there's it's almost never been met with a negative response Right. And that's that that's I think that maybe sometimes we 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 don't give others enough credit, you know, for for how they they might receive our honesty. Right. Because it's hard to argue with with someone with the truth of of how they're feeling about something, you know, and especially when you learn how to express yourself in that way and and coming i i'm saying a lot of things i realize i'm gonna turn back to you brandon but like you know coming back to the whole thing of counseling like one of the first things that that you have to learn through that process is especially within the context of something like couples therapy 
is learning how to talk to each other, right? Learning how to talk to each other in a way that is respectful and, and where that thing that, that you're feeling can be received, right? Which is why so often like the standard is like, well, just tell your partner how you feel, right? As opposed to you do this and you do, do that and da, 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 da. Like when you're throwing blame at people, it's you, it's not met with a good reaction. But when you get honest about the thing that's going on inside of you, um, you know, it's, it, it can be received. There, there's, there's room for compassion to enter into that space. And it's very hard for compassion to enter into, into an outward sort of, you know, an outward lashing, I suppose. So Hmm. I rambled a lot of stuff there, Brandon, anything, anything that, that you're picking up a lot, Evan, you said a lot. (laughs) I have a lot to say in return. Um, I'm always curious why people don't tell the truth. And I don't always think that people know they're not telling the truth. And I think that's important to remember because it helps us to give the benefit of the doubt to people as they're trying to communicate to us that they don't always know their truth because they're not in touch with it. And I think that's really important to keep in mind, especially when it becomes uh, about feelings. Like, you know, a lot of people, they're not in touch with, with where they're at emotionally and they have past trauma and they have things where, you know, they don't, they're not in touch and they don't really know what's going on. And they just know like I'm uncomfortable, but they don't know the emotion that's at play and what's making them uncomfortable. And so it helps, I think, to be patient with people and to try to have some compassion and understanding that they don't know. Um, and so it's they're, it's not that they're being dishonest purposefully. They're, they're doing it almost unconsciously because they don't know. And they, it's not even that, it's not even like, the, it's, it's one thing if someone's trying to deceive you. It's another thing if they're, if they've deceived themselves and they believe their, their own deceptions. Right. So, mm. um, you know, and this goes, I mean, just, you know, if you, if you're having trouble following this or understanding it, just go back to a time where you said, I'm fine. <laughs> when are you mm-hmm. ever fine? When are you ever fine? You know what I mean? Like, what does that even mean? Like, really, you know, I'm fine. Like, well, it means, uh, you know, there's nothing, nothing notable, nothing notable because nothing is noticed but everything is going on all at the same time. You know, all those emotions are all accessible at all times. So if really it is fine, then why aren't you choosing the one you want? Like happy, joyful, excited, exuberant. And then you go, well, I, I just don't feel that way. Well, why? What's stopping you from that? You know, and so if you start asking the questions and you investigate, all of a sudden you realize, well, you know, the truth is I don't really have the life that I want to have. And I'm, I'm, I fucking hate going to my job every day. And, and the truth is the bubble. And all of a sudden, you know, so you're angry. Okay. Yeah. But I don't want to feel this angry. I want to feel fine. Cause I don't want to mm-hmm. feel this shit. And it's like, yeah, but the truth is you're angry and you don't like what you're doing and you're not happy. And you wake up in the morning and you barely get out of bed. You don't even have a shower or brush your teeth. You just go to fucking work. And what is that? You know, and someone out there, they go, well, that's me. And you go, yeah. Cause there's something else going on. And it's not that you're dishonest about it. It's that you're not in touch with it. Because being in touch with it would also have to make you face the fact that maybe you don't want to go to that job anymore. Maybe you don't want to be in that relationship anymore. And maybe it means you got to leave. And maybe you got your life tied up in that job and your family's dependent on you. And you're living with that person and you have to move and you don't want to move. And you're scared because that's really what's behind the anger. And really, at the end of the day, you got someone who's saying, I'm fine. And they're really, they're scared. But we had to go through all of that. And it's like, why don't you just tell me you're scared? But they didn't know they were scared. You know? And so we got all this stuff going on. And I think this is really important to remember that everybody has this battle going on at all times. And, you know, uh, one thing I learned through acting was that all these emotions are always happening and they're always accessible. And it just starts to become a thing of, of focus and attention and you know, it's never that you're never angry or sad or happy or whatever. It's that you begin to 
work with these feelings. And sometimes a little sadness comes into the happiness and hey, that's all right. And sometimes there's a little anger and sadness and sometimes there's fear that sneaks in and disgust and whatever feelings, you know, but the thing is, is that you, you begin to be able to get sensitive to it. And I think one of the other challenges too, and I'll pass it off to you in a second here, that once we get in touch with our feelings, we can become indulgent in our feelings because we don't know how to deal with it because then our life becomes about feeling all the time. And that's problematic too, because anybody who guides their life entirely by feeling will be a mess and they will probably fail at every goal they ever had in their life because feelings usually will fall short when it comes to long-term discipline and character. And that's when you need to put your feelings aside. But it doesn't mean though that your feelings should be always put aside because sometimes you you know, you literally will not be able to be disciplined to do the thing because the emotion will constantly, will constantly be too much at some point because you're not managing it. You're not handling it. You're not in touch with it. So you have to have a little bit. If, you know, if you're a very goal oriented person, you still have to have a little bit of being in touch with your emotion, you know, and if you're a very feely touchy connected person, it's sometimes you have to put your emotions aside and you have to just be like, Hey, let's just, let's just like get the job done. Let's just do the thing. Cause that's also important in life, you know, and, and too much of either leads to pain. Right. I mean, we kind of know this, but it's a balance. It's a balancing act. So anyway, honesty, <laughs> being delusional about all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, we all are, <laughs> I think that's the point. Yeah. No, you bring up a really great point where it's because in many ways, it's, you know, and, and on this podcast, we we tout very often, you know, the importance of of using feeling as a as a guidance system in many for many things, for many situations like it's it's there to inform us of something. It's there to tell us something and it has a, a place. But as you're mentioning, it's like it's only one of the faculties that we have at our disposal as being human beings is, is, and yeah, if you put all your eggs in that basket, it's, it's going to create a rough ride as well because you're, you're, you're using it in places where it's not supposed to be, where, where it's not super effective, you know, <laughs> like it, and it's the same thing with the intellect as well. The intellect is an incredibly powerful tool, but it's, not good in some areas, right? It's not, there, there are some things that just, it's not its strength to, to work on, right? Like in, and where you do need to give way to allow that feeling intuitive thing to, to step into the picture, like acting, I can speak to this, you know, to, to a large extent as well, because the intellect will not, there, there are so many ways in which your intellect can serve you as an actor and will serve you as an actor. But if you try and insert it into a place where, you know, actors can, can make up all kinds of crazy backstories for their characters and, and, and come up with all sorts of interesting things about their character, but it's like, but it doesn't do anything to actually make them come alive emotionally that, that makes them come across as, real human beings they're just sort of um you know almost like sociopaths on stage and and but so many actors go about it that way and it's just like oh i'm not getting connected i'm not connected it's like well it's because there's a whole feeling component that you ha that you have to activate in here too right that you have to bring to the table and and very often actors are trying to access the emotional component through the in, in intellect component and it's just mm -hmm. like well, well why <laughs> yeah. you know the intellect doesn't know very much about that you know like it's it's it has a different job you know like and and the the emotional part is is the emotional aspect of us is a little bit more chaotic is a little bit more unpredictable and i think that that's you know that that can be a a challenging space to try and step into and 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 navigate but this is all to say that uh from what you're saying Brandon, is that yeah like it's you know if you put too much into that thing especially in your life like where you just 
completely guided by feeling all the time, it's probably going to create a lot of pain in your life um, that isn't always necessary because you're just, everything is, is being guided by that. And again, this comes back to this, to me, this whole thing of, of honesty. Like maybe you choose to guide your life completely by that feeling place. But if you start running into failed relationships or something like that, like you just continually are, are having failed relationships all the time, that's causing a lot of pain. Maybe it's because this is the way that you're guiding yourself, right? Because as you said, what can happen is you can become very self-absorbed in, in that world. You can become so, um, yeah, self-centered, you know, you know, on, it's like, well, it's all about how I feel all the time. But the problem is that like, there's, it's like, yeah, but what about consideration of how other people feel, right? Like that's sort of the extreme end of, of that picture where it's like, yeah, but other people, there's other people <laughs> and they think and feel and stuff too, which is again, the importance of just honesty, right? That's how, how we as human beings navigate, need to navigate conflict, with each other is through honesty. Like otherwise there's, there's, we, we, we don't know again, like the, the, what's the action to take. We can't possibly know what the action to take is unless we actually know what the fuck is going on. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, no, that's I, good point, Brandon, <laughs> my long winded yeah. way of saying good point. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think it's important to, it's important to try to start to navigate your feelings and figure them out. I think, uh, you know, if you're, I mean, I think everybody should accept that they are a little bit delusional. I think that will make you much more humble. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think you'll be able to navigate the world a lot better because there is this assumption that many of us, I'd say, if not most of us seem to carry around that, we actually, we have it all together and we know, and that, you know, and we see someone else doing something and we're like, well, you know, I don't like that, or that doesn't make sense. And if they just did it my way, everything would be fine. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, your way, your way might not be the best way either, you know, and there might be some gaps in, in your process as well. And, you know, I think the thing is, is at the end of the day, like, you want to try to understand above all, you know, you know, like if you want things in life, I, I would say, like, I would say you could pretty much have anything you want in life. If you're willing to understand and you're willing to help, you know, because those two things, those two things come from a place of abundance because once you put yourself in that position of, I want to understand and I want to help you, you become somebody who's not only valuable and patient, but you become somebody who's very giving and giving people live in a state of abundance. So you might feel like you're lack and you might feel like you're barely getting by, but you know, there's a, there's a, there's a trick to this whole game of life, right? It's uh, you can trick yourself into being an abundant person. And I would actually like, whether you're being delusional about it or not, it's a great delusion to take on because you know, we're all delusional ultimately anyway. So pick your, pick your poison, pick your delusion. <laughs> you might as well pick a delusion of being grateful, a delusion of, of being a giving, caring, kind, uh, helpful, understanding person, right? What's the alternative? You can play into the delusion of scarcity. There's never enough. It's all a delusion anyway. You know, it's the whole thing is like this whole story about, oh, I can't have this or that isn't accessible. That's all bullshit. None of that's real. All, like most of the stories that we tell ourselves in our mind, they're not real. And that if the, the, the moment that you understand that you have cracked the code to this life, because the moment you realize it's all bullshit and you get to choose, that's when you get to start training your perspective to see the world, how you would wish to see it. Now, it doesn't mean that the world is that way. But 
the cool thing about this life is that it will be that way for you. And so if you want to, for example, poison yourself, perceive yourself as a victim all the time. Always see how the world's out to get you, how everything's unfair, how you never have enough and everybody treats you wrong. Like, like go ahead, you'll get it. I promise you, you will get it tenfold. And that's an easy one to get. You know why? Because nobody nobody is going to fight you on it. Nobody's going to challenge it, you know? And, and, and hopefully they do because you don't want to be feeding yourself poison. But if you start telling yourself, Hey man, you know, like I go out and I find the parking spot I want to find like right in front of the place. And, and you know, and I always meet the best people wherever I go and, you know, and, and people really like me, you know, and you tell yourself this kind of stuff, guess what? It's going to start happening. But people are like, oh, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Why? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Because look at your belief. No, it doesn't. That's your belief. That's your reality. You're delusional. I'm delusional. The difference is I'm enjoying it and you're not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, right? Like, and here's the thing. When it comes to our delusions, if we start imposing like on other people and we start like hurting them or causing them disruption because we have a delusion that's not healthy for everyone else you know, you might want to correct that, right? Because, you know, if you go around and you find out that you're damaging and hurting other people and, you know, your delusion isn't going to pay dividends back to you very, very much. You're going to start to realize the consequences if you're damaging other people because, you know, people, some people call it karma, but it's just the energy. It's like the, it's the action, reaction, reality of this world. You keep fucking people over eventually that's going to catch up with you and you're not going to have any friends and you're not going to have any people that want anything to do with you. Mm -hmm. But if you go out there, you help everybody, you try to make everyone's life better. And, you know, at the same time, don't let people walk over you, but like, you know, do your best to be of value. You're going to find out that, you know, people are generally going to be there when you need it. And that's, you know, and the thing is, is we see the best in each other by, by our delusions, right? Like if you see people as good, you see the good in them, you bring the good out in them generally. If you see bad in everyone, you bring the bad out in them, you'll see the bad in them, right? So, um, you know, like I think that the, the thing about this is this delusion is we're talking about not the truth, but your truth. And look, if you have a beautiful truth, whether it is the truth or not the truth of the world as it is, but your truth is a beautiful truth, meaning you have a beautiful vision and you live in accordance to that beautiful vision, most of us will want to join it because mm. you'll be creating a playground reality that we all want to be a part of. I mean, reality is you'll get a lot of friends and you'll get a lot of people that want that and they might want to actually do it with you. And it's some people call it vibration. They call it frequency. It's all the same stuff, right? Um, and it is kind of real. That's the thing is, is, is it real? Is it not real? That's the game though. Right. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the game. It's like, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, man, like everybody in this world could be a robot. How am I supposed to really know? You know, like, I don't know. I could be waking up and, and I could be in some game and, and I just think I'm living this life. Who knows? I don't really know for sure but I play along sincerely in this life and I do, I do what I do and I try to enjoy it and you know, good things seem to happen. And sometimes I come up against challenges and I try to go, you know what, that's a lesson. There's a gift in that. And that's how I see it. And you know what? I do learn a lesson from it because I look for a lesson in it. And you know, maybe it was just a random thing that happened. Maybe it meant nothing. And maybe there was no lesson in it, but I learned from it. So there was, you know, and that's just like, it's a good delusion at the end of the day because I get to play in this life. I get to interpret and perceive this life however I choose, just like everyone else does. Mm. Hey, everybody, this is Evan, and this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe.
man, you bring up a lot of things that, where do I, where do I begin? And a lot of what you're saying reminds me of, of the saying, our, our lives are not so much shaped by our experiences as they are by our expectations. Mm. A lot of <laughs> what you're saying makes it there. And, and the stories that we tell ourselves are a huge part of what our expectations are. And there was something else in, in what you were saying there. Oh, I think I lost it. Well, <laughs> that's Maybe how the cookie crumb that, you know, oh, you know what? It was just that, you know, like the, because the whole question of truth and what is truth and, you know, and there, I know there's a long held philosophical conversation about truth and beauty and, and, you know, truth is beauty, beauty is truth, that sort of a thing as well that might be getting a little bit into the weeds but you know there's something about you know truth and honesty and and this thing of delusion it's you know it's like how do we how do we not like delude ourselves in in a world that is so that is so almost impossible to comprehend in a universe that's almost impossible impossible to comprehend right where you know we're still asking ourselves questions at the highest level of study you know just like are we a simulation are we like you know here we are thousands of years of human consciousness and and we're just like oh, we don't really know exactly what we are Precisely, you know, and it's, you know, we can try and say some things with a certain, something that's reliably true, right? Like we can say, it's like, well, this is reliably true. Like it tends to go this way, but you know, there's, there's seems to always be anomalies. There seems to always be exceptions. There seems to, you know, there's nothing ever seems to be certain all the time, which is why I think that, you know, those stories that we tell ourselves, those expectations are, I think, part of the delusion because they're these things that we've sort of grabbed onto. They're these ideas that we sort of grabbed onto and now we're walking around with them and we're holding them out in front of us everywhere that we go. And I think that if we're really interested in honesty and truth, I think that I don't know if it's, if it's really a commodity, if that makes sense. Like if it's, if it's really something that's possessed, maybe that's a better word for it. It's not. What do you you mean? I'm not. So I don't think that that truth is not something that yeah, it's not something that we can that we possess necessarily because it's not a it's not I don't know if it's a thing, but it's it's something that we can find, but I think we can only find it from moment to moment. Hmm. Does that make sense? Like, it's not something that, like, we can just carry around with us, you know, from the past into the present into the future, because I think that, I think that that will, it will ultimately, at some point, prove to be, to become untrue at, at some point in time, and then it will become true again, and then it won't be true in a certain, you know, like, it's, but it's not something that's stable, does well, that I mean, make sense? You know, like it's Well, it, it's, I think like I think like the truth the truth is complex and I think there are simple things that you know, I don't know, like simple things might be able to remain true, but when you get like once you get past that into this complexity, I think that's what you're talking about. It's like you know, um it's interpretation and perception. You know, and I think the thing is, is that what's true for us in one moment might not be true for us in another moment. And 
you know, I think that the, the chaos of that is, is hard for sometimes for people to accept and, and be okay with, because we like constants. We like things that are predictable. We like control, you know, all of those things make us feel safe and secure. And if the truth is not always going to be consistent or it's, it's, it's able to change that, that doesn't feel safe and secure. It feels chaotic and it, it just feels maybe dangerous. Right. So I, I think that, I think that we have perception. So like I could tell you something that I think is true based on my perception of where I'm at. It's not that I'm not being honest about it. Mm-hmm. But then I might have a realization later and realize that what I told you wasn't true. But at the time, I did believe it to be true mm-hmm. because I thought that's what was going on. You know, and then later I might realize, oh, no, that was actually not the case. But at the time, I genuinely thought it was. So, yeah. you know, I think this is an important thing for people to understand, particularly in their, you know, artistic or creative part of their life, that what's exciting about that to me is that it means you can change and evolve and you can actually do so quite quickly. Because a lot of people get this belief that they can't change and like, oh, old dog, new tricks, can't do it. You know, leopard doesn't change his spots kind of nonsense. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, no, yeah, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes. And no, like the thing is, is like, you know, you really won't change your spots in certain ways. That is true. But in certain ways, that's totally not true. And that's, and that's the thing, you know, we can't, it's not good for us. We can, but it's not good for us to blanket like these things onto, onto everything and say, oh, it's always this way with everything. No, it's like that with maybe some things, but in other things, it's not like that at all, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, what you're saying, like that whole capacity to be able to come back to something that you said in a situation, said or did in some situation and be able to say, it's like, it's like, oh, at the time I thought that was true, but now I'm saying it was, it's still, you know, it's, it's still honesty. That's the thing that gets you there. Like to me, that's, yes, you know, that is sort of the... <laughs> the principle that 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 if that's a that's a principle of yours is is to always try and be as honest as you possibly can which i think in many ways is almost like the principle it's almost like the like a like a vow you know of the artist to a certain extent much like you know how like doctors make a vow to like do no harm right it's like the artist does like in, in some ways should almost ritualistically and ceremoniously make a vow to, of honesty. Right. But which is something in many ways, I think that we can all do on a practical day to day level of our lives. But that thing of honesty is the thing that actually is the thing that w- will continually help guide you towards what is true. Right. When things are changing constantly right to help to help keep you at least somewhat in that track because if we're not being if if we're being dishonest there's no way that we can get to what's true right and you know that's really the only way in which in which i think that's part of where so much of conversation has broken down in in recent times as well is because there's there's a very often a lack of honesty that's that's going on right like it's there's you know people just trying to score points or people trying to protect an image or a reputation you know so people double down on faulty on faulty arguments or whatever it is i'm sure people can think of all kinds of different examples and and that they've seen over time but the and this is part of why i think we're having so much trouble sense making is because is because we we don't have that level of honesty that comes through and, and why it's so refreshing when when we see it, when we see people say like, oh hey, when I said this, I I was just this was this was honest. This is what I thought, this is what I felt, and this is what I thought was true. Right. But now I've recognized that that is not the case. Right? That honesty is the thing that that keeps things from going completely 
off the rails, right? But there's, you know, it's in, interestingly, it's like in trying to protect, it's like in trying to protect a delusion, you know, like we, we create all of these problems. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, so this is a really interesting thing. I think you, you know, I'm, I'm so glad cause like we got to this point trying to protect a delusion. I feel like that is such a big part of why we are dishonest because we have a delusion that somehow we think is serving us or keeping us safe or it's giving us something. And we're so scared to like, let it go that we're willing to lie and cheat and deceive to keep it. And it's people. I think the thing is, is like those words that sound pretty harsh, but we do this in really like weird little, little ways where we just, we won't acknowledge the other person's point. We won't listen to them. We, we will undermine the source. We'll do all sorts of things so that we can just kind of protect whatever this delusion is. And the thing is, is that sometimes we have a delusion that we think is good for us and it's, it's bad. It's not good for us. Like I'll give you a great example, having a drug habit. You think you have it under control. You know, I, I, I had a friend who had a, who had an addiction to a pretty heavy drug and, you know, they thought they had it under control. And then it wasn't until one day they wake up and they realize, Hey, like my life's falling apart. Holy crap. Right. And the thing is, is that some people, some people wake up to their delusion early enough to save themselves from it, destroying them and everybody around them and things around them and all of that. Some don't. And so when you have a person around you that's saying, Hey, like you see the world this way. Um, I don't think it's good. And you're unwilling to listen to that. You're unwilling to hear them out. That's dangerous for you because if your delusion is really good, you should be willing to take criticism and feedback and all sorts of things. Cause if it's a really good one, it's going to stand, it's going to be solid. But if it's not, it's going to get dismantled. And the thing is, is that people know when they have a weak disillusion, a delusion that they're kind of running with because they know it isn't solid. They know it isn't secure. And, and they're they're And maybe they don't, but maybe they're just afraid it's going to get taken away from them. I think the, the one thing you have to trust is that when one delusion gets destroyed or dismantled or taken away, something will always come in and take its place. And, and your goal is not to keep all the delusions you have, but it is to try to get the best set of them that you possibly can. Like you're collecting cards, like hockey cards or something like, like you're collecting the, just the best, right? Just, just get the best ones. And if, if, if something is taking up space where a better one could be, you need to be willing to let it go so that a new one can come in that would better serve you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the people who are telling you the thing you don't want to hear are the best people for you because they're actually the ones that are going to save you and help you. And sometimes the people that are enabling and telling you what you want to hear are the worst people for you because they're actually keeping you there. For example, the drug addict who's hanging out with other drug addicts who are telling them that it's okay, they don't have a problem, but it's meanwhile, yeah, but that's a person that doesn't know they're addicted either. And now you guys are, yeah. are are going off into the sunset, like just totally destroying your lives together. And neither of you are calling each other out, just holding hands, feeling lovely about that, right? But, you know, and you could use this for anything. You could use this, like it doesn't have to be drugs, it could be anything, replace it with whatever. But the point mm-hmm. is, is that, you know, we we often don't realize we're destroying or hurting ourselves and others because we think we have it under control. And that's where getting that, that that's delusions are fine. That That's part of the reason why here, I got this one last thing to say, Evan, that's part of the reason why we're not good alone as people. Like some of us mm-hmm. can handle being alone pretty better than others, but ultimately none of us should really be alone indefinitely. And yeah. because the thing is, is the reason why is because you need another person to bounce your delusions off because it helps you keep them in check. If you go off on your own for too long you can actually get really lost and confused. Now, there is a benefit to going off on your own for a little while and then coming back with new things that you figured out on your own. But Mm -hmm. eventually you have to come back. 
if you just go out there, you can kind of go crazy, you know? Yeah. yeah. And there's a, like, but you know, some people, I mean, there's people who go out for years, right? I'm not saying that you can't do years, but eventually it's better for you to come back at some point and interact with people again and, and see how those things interact with, you know, other worlds of people's perception. Yeah. Well, I mean, and in a purely like an actual objective biological sense, you, if you put any cell in isolation, it becomes chaotic. Right. You were telling me this about yeah. uh, the, the be- mono, what is it called? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, like like monocultures, but like this is this is just like on a on a like a cell based level, like yeah. you isolate any cell. I think it even goes further than that. Like you you isolate any molecule or atom or whatever it is, and and you isolate it from from other things. It's just, it it becomes chaotic. Um, well, also Evan, though, I think it's important to mention it's not just separating that one single cell. If you put that cell with the same cell, mm. that's also yeah. problematic. Like that's where yes. people get lost in like cults and stuff like these, these subgroups and things, because everybody is thinking the same way and nobody is challenging it. And then all of a sudden you're, you're off in in some weird place and you've, you know, and you're like, how did I get so lost? Right. And, yeah. and toxic relationships are like that. I've been in one where it's just you and one other person and that toxic person well, for some reason you like, you like what they're doing and you go with them and you, you get really far away from where you were and it's not healthy. And then all of a sudden, when you get out of it, you go, holy crap, how did I get this far away from where I was? And why did I, why did I go that way? And and how did I let that happen? Right. And it's because you don't have enough outside influence outside of that relationship, actually keeping things in check and going, Hey, you know, this is a little, little weird. This is kind of wrong, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And, and sometimes people just don't want to say something, you know, like, uh, you know, you, you see your, you see a couple and, and say one of the people is maybe talking poorly to the other person, you know, some people just go, oh, well, that's their business. I'm not going to say anything. I, I always try to make an effort to just say, Hey, you know, um, I take one person privately. I say, Hey, you know, I didn't really like what you said to them over here, or I didn't like the way they said that to you. I'm just saying that's, that's my take on it. Take it as you will. Because yeah. it helps people to, it actually, a lot of time people will thank me later because mm-hmm. they'll go, yeah, yeah, I didn't really even realize that, right? But it, mm-hmm. it feels uncomfortable in the moment to do it, right? But most people won't because it is uncomfortable and we don't want to do it. But we need that sometimes outside perspective to help us see, hey, wait, you're going down a bit of a, uh, not a great road here. And yeah. and let's it, correct it, this a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it, it also reminds us too that we're not, we're not as isolated and invisible as we think totally. we are too. to like, to be reminded that it's just like, Hey, you're connected and people notice and it has an effect, right? Like sometimes uh, just, just recognizing that again, that you're, you're part of a, of a greater whole, <laughs> you know, uh, is, can, can be pretty, pretty wild. Um, let's, let's, you know what, let's wrap this let's bad boy it. up. Let, yeah, uh, let's, okay. uh, let's talk beer and then make some closing comments. I've got some closing comments. Uh, I think that uh, I can, I, I, I've got to after this. So let's, uh, let's do that. Okay, so, you tell me, you tell me your beer, I'll tell you mine. And then you, you close and then I'll close. I'm drinking. I don't know what I'm going to say yet. <laughs> I'm drinking something pretty boring. So it's, uh, I'm just drinking a uh, Boring, a come on. No, <laughs> it's Steamworks Lionsgate Lager. Um, just like a craft lager. Great. It's light. It's summertime. It always keeping it light in the summertime, and uh, it's been, it's been good. You know, just yeah, it's been good. What can what else can I say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. It's the standard. It's like uh, you know, the standard lager. Okay, well, I got mine's a little more interesting, I suppose. I've had this before. It's by Parallel Forty Nine, and it's called the Peach Bod, sparkling oh, yeah. peach ale. And that, yeah, man, I I like it. You know, I'm a big fan of peach. Like, if you can, if I find peach in anything, I always want to try it. And they did a good balance on that beer. I've, I've I've always liked this one. It's just enjoyable. It's nice and light, and it's got just the right amount of peach. Where it's not too sweet, but you know, it's just it's just an it's enough to like feel like you're getting you. Because sometimes you have a drink too, and you're like, they say it's flavored, and you're like, yeah, but is it? <laughs> Whereas this, I'm like, yeah, no. I definitely, it's a peach. I can, I can tell, but at the same time, it's not too much. It's enjoyable. So 
Mm. Anyway, it's been uh, it's been good for this combo. So, what were your thoughts? What, what do you have to say? I'm gonna. So, this is a quote I've said a few times on the show before, but it's a great one, so it's worth repeating many times, often. Uh, it's from uh, Pema Chodron, who said that uh, awakening is continual annihilation until only what is true remains. And, you know, that's this whole thing of, you know, just Mm. what you were saying about, like, you know, we have these things tested and, you know, we have to tear down these old things that we, that we held as true sometimes and, and a new thing takes its place. And sometimes another thing's going to take that place and another thing's going to take that place, which is to say that, you know, we always, we always have to remain open, you know, uh, to, to having our minds changed about where we where we stand with something but uh, the only way we get there is through this thing of honesty right until until someone something reveals something to us and that's something to celebrate you know when when that moment happens i think that we're too guarded about you know oh if someone you know and and it is like i hate i hate all of that you know, this shit that you see on YouTube where it's just like, watch as this person annihilates, destroys, you know, like, it's just like, this is a part of the problem, you know, to this, this is actually getting in the way of people having the courage to have open and honest conversation with each other because of this stuff. It's all about, it's all this egotistical, watch this person destroy the other person as opposed to, hey, let's have some people have a conversation. Oh, it turns out this person was mistaken about something and now but it if we have a safer environment that we create for that dialogue to occur people can admit to being wrong and we can all just say hey fantastic we've all learned something now because of this because of that situation so and the last thing i wanted to say is that you know in this whole thing about delusions you know i was thinking of also like in terms of you know as artists you know artists are storytellers and in a pure storytelling way, so many stories are about just exactly that delusions being destroyed, right? Delusions being destroyed about themselves, about some situation that they're in. And it means that something, something has to happen. You know, the, that's where transformation occurs right? Sometimes that delusion is destroyed early on. Sometimes it's destroyed later on. And the only way to confront a delusion is with that honesty. And you brought up the example of like addiction. And I mean, addiction is a pretty, is a, you know, a pretty extreme example of it, but it, you know, it, it works well where it's like, you know, there's this heavy delusion going on until suddenly it's just like you, you, you can't delude yourself any longer because the consequences of that delusion have become so great that mm. the truth has to emerge out of it. And, you know, and, and the, the, the honesty and the truth emerges like, Oh shit, I do have a problem. This is, this is destroying my life. This is destroying other people's lives. I have to do something about it. Right. Boom. Transformation. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's, it's it's a game changer right mm-hmm. like like a moment of honesty can absolutely change the direction of everything mm-hmm. right so um yeah let's not forget about honesty as scary as it can be to be honest um e- not even just to somebody else but even to ourselves and i think that we we all need to work harder to to do that i know i do so yeah, yeah man i've i've enjoyed this chat it's been really it's been really uh, it, provocative for me. Yeah, no, it's, it, I agree. It's been good. It, it, it's, it's a challenging, it's a challenging subject matter to navigate in t- at times because, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, like I, you know, I think about like what I'm going to say here at the end, um, at the end of the day, you know, like I, I really truly care about people, you know, and I, I want people to feel I want them to feel happy, but and joyful. But I want them to feel strong, because in in I I choose to live in a vision of abundance and joy and love and and uh, one where 
I can help and you know and I, I you know and even in my weakest moments I still try to help and I just think it's it's a really important thing to try to choose that perspective and and I mean if someone has a better perspective or a better way to go about it I'm totally open to it and and definitely willing to adapt and change and incorporate into my own perception and and you know idea of how to go about this I heard someone say this the other day, and I, um, I think it's an interesting comment, you know, and I, I'll share it here is, uh, you know, stand in front of the, near, the mirror and lift up your shirt or look at or stand in front of it naked and just ask yourself, do you like what you see when you look at your body? Do you like what you see? Um, you know, the car you drive, the house you live in, um, you know, these types of things like take a, take a good look at everything. Do you like it? And like, these are, these are signs, like, do you care about yourself? You know, because if you're overweight and you're not taking care of yourself, I mean, it's, it's, it's the reality. Like there's a reality, like, do you care about yourself? You know, and ask yourself these questions, like these hard questions. Right. And it's, it's not a judgment thing. It's not a thing about like shaming someone for being, it's, it's you look at yourself and, and really honestly ask yourself, do, do I do I like what I see? Because the thing is, is that if you do, then good job. You're caring about yourself. And if you don't, then it's time to start caring about yourself. And you need to build a perception which will help you to do that. You know, when I was, uh, you know, I'll say this. When I was a teenager, I mean, man, I had like, I had like an eight pack. Like I was just ripped. I was cut. Like I was, you know, and I was, I was tuned up and in shape. And, you know, I'm not that way anymore, but I'm not totally out of shape. But there are times where I look at myself and I go, Brandon, come on, man, get your shit together. Like, this is not okay. And and the the reality is, you know, I get myself and I go, okay, you got to get yourself back in shape. You got to tune up a little bit here. And the thing is, is that's an act of care. And sometimes an act of care requires, you know, some pain and some discipline and some things like that. But if you ask yourself these questions... If you, if you begin to like, one of the things I learned through personal coaching was a good personal coach will get you like, if you say, want to lose weight, they'll get you to let's get on the weight scale. Let's look in the mirror. Do you like the weight you are? Do you like how you look in the mirror? Are you proud to do this? Does this make you feel good? If you went out in the world and you showed this, is this, is this, and if you're good, then nothing to change. No worries. Keep doing what you're doing because you're doing it right. But if you don't like it and you want to change it, then you're doing something wrong and it's time to admit that. And that's the truth. And, and the, one of the first things you learn when you become an actually effective coach because there's lots of bullshitters out there. And I would say, be weary of the false prophet. A good coach will say, you tell me the truth and I will help you find the way. But if you bullshit me, there's no way that I or anyone else can ever help you. And so I would say this, you know, as my send off to everybody else, look, if you want your dreams, if you want to care about yourself, if you want good things in your life, the truth is the way. And it's your truth. Nobody's telling you, you can't be 20 pounds overweight or whatever. Like, you know, you can do whatever you want to do, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to ask yourself, is this really what I want to do? And if it's not, then change it. And if it is, then keep going, man, because you got it right. But if it's what you want to change, then let's be honest. Then there you go. So perception, delusion, I don't know, you know, and you can look at it in every area of your life, right? So uh, and it's, 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 uh, it's your, it's your decision, right? And, and you, you decide, you decide how to interpret and how to perceive, and that's your truth. And we can all respect that. But if you're lying to yourself, you know, and other people are seeing that you're bullshitting yourself, don't, don't be upset when someone says, Hey, I think you're full of shit. Cause the only reason why you would be upset with that is because you know, you're full of shit. Because if you knew you were in your truth and someone said you were full of shit, you'd be like, oh, whatever, I don't give a shit what you say. I'm in my truth. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't even be affected by it. But if you're affected, that's a big warning sign that you're not in your truth. If you're reactive to it, you're not in your truth. Because the only reason why something hurts is because something's true about it, right? For you. 
not maybe not for them but for you and that's what matters so you know you matter and i care about you on the other end of this and i care about me and i care about evan and i care about anybody who wants to interact with this conversation so you know i want the best for you so best thing i can tell you to do is be true with you and you'll be you'll be good Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.